Well, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Hey, we have, a, we have a great day planned for you today. I hope you're excited for uh, all that we have before us. We're going to celebrate everything that God's done in our midst and in our church this morning, and then we're going to have some time for fellowship, and it looks like the rain is going to hold off. So if you were praying for that, thank you for that. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll keep praying throughout the service, but, but you know, it's, so far it is looking good. Uh, before we get into the service, I do, I do just want to take a minute and, and acknowledge, and I, I want us as a church and individuals uh, praying for our military troops. Obviously, we all know what happened in Afghanistan this week, and, and we lost 13 of our soldiers and many more injured, many Af- Afghani um, civilians killed, over 100 uh, and, and, you know, there's things like that that go on in this world um, that we look upon, you know, one way or the other, depending on, you know, political affiliation and all sorts of things. Here's how I want us to look at it. Those people were defending our freedoms, the freedoms that, you know, as we stand here today, we still have and I'm praying that we get to keep. Um, and they were defending our freedom for this country. And, and what burdens me is... 13 um, people lost their life, very likely some of them maybe defending our freedom for our rights in this country never knew the freedom in Christ, the freedom that was available to them in Christ. And it burdens me to know that people defending our freedoms as a country may have died and, and woke up in hell. And so I just say that to you because if you don't know the freedom that you have in Christ, man, you, should, you, should, you, should, you should meet him. Uh, you should meet him today. But uh, there's also, uh, you know, just speaking of, of, of events in the world, there's also a hurricane that's barreling down on our country and looks like it's headed towards New Orleans. I, I read this morning that uh, maybe the first Category 5 hurricane to, to ever make landfall in Louisiana, including Katrina, that was a Category 4. And so, um, so anyway, there's things going on that we should be, as a church and as, as believers, just should be cognizant of and be praying for. So I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then we're going we're gonna to get to worship. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you this morning, and, and we are burdened by, by the things that happen in this world, and, and just as a result of sin and, and evil and, and just the tragedies that, that we see. And so we pray for, for those that lost their lives this week in Afghanistan, and, and um, obviously many of those Afghani civilians, I'm sure, weren't saved. Uh, I certainly hope that, that there are, our soldiers were, but Lord, we don't know that. And so I pray for their families, and, and Lord, I pray that if you can get glory out of this, that you would, um, and that your will would be done. And, and Lord, we know that as we get closer to the end, we're, we're going to deal with more things like this. But, but Lord, I just pray that, that your light will shine forth in a, in a dark place in the world. And and Lord, um, it seems to be getting darker, and, and it seems to be crazy. But but Lord, we just pray that Your glory will will You can get glory out of it somehow. And Lord, as we um, consider what may be happening in New Orleans shortly, Lord, we pray for them, and and Lord, pray that um, You can You can um, deflect the storm and or or just keep it at bay. And and Lord, we we pray that there isn't a huge loss of life and and. Um, deal with a, a tragedy at that level here, here on our shores. But Lord, we do want to come to you today and we want to rejoice. We, we want to mourn with those who mourn. We want to rejoice with those who rejoice. And we have some things to rejoice with today. Uh, and so we, we just want to thank you for all that you've done this summer and are doing in our midst now. And, and Lord, we want to celebrate that. And so that's what we plan to do. And so Lord, we pray that you get glory out of everything that is said and done today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, why don't so you all stay- summer camp did happen. And if you've never been there, you might wonder, what's happening? 
Summer camp's a magical place because old men uh, will go into the woods and find sticks, tape socks to them and interview kids. People will forget that they're 40, and they will charge the biggest kid there. To, they, they think they're still playing football. That limping away, that wasn't, I'm sorry, Brenton, but that, that wasn't an act. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were hanging out a couple days ago, and he looks at me and said, man, my hammy still hurts. I'm like, from camp? Magical things happen at camp, but this year we were able to take 150 uh, high school and middle schoolers to camp. And, that, and that's, uh, yeah, praise the Lord. That was awesome because, I mean, we didn't have camp two years ago and, and with COVID and everything, and we weren't sure. So we took 150 kids and 50 counselors gave up their time and their vacations to come help the kids. And you got to see that some with the band tonight. And so when we get there, I mean, you got to hear the band. They're amazing, aren't they? And they practice so hard and... And we get to hear that, we get to hear that twice a day, so it, it's awesome, and so we hear that, and Thomas Harding was our speaker, and if you know Thomas, he's a, he's a pretty direct guy, he doesn't hold back, and so he was talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he reminded our kids that, you know what, this world is crazy, uh, and this world wants to, wants to compete with the Lord for our worship, and he challenged the kids that the world's never going to help you. And so he just really reminded our kids something that they always need to be reminded of is that you need to make your faith your own. And so you need to stand for the Lord and make your faith your own. And when you do that, you know, Thomas was on. It's just going to get hard and Satan's going to turn up the flames and the fire is going to get hotter and hotter. But he encouraged us at the end and says, listen, when that happens, the Lord's with you. And be encouraged. Not only is he with us, not only is he with us, but he's also going to help you grow closer to him and he's going to help you mature in your relationship. And so it was super encouraging, even for the adults when we went. And by the end of camp, 18 kids got saved. And so that, that's amazing. Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, that, that's, our, that's our prayer as soon as we start planning camp, that, that those who don't know the Lord get saved. But a lot of our kids in middle school and high school really, you know, they, they took, took what Thomas had to say to heart. And they, they have been coming to Ignite. They've gotten plugged into Extreme. And we've seen kids start to grow. And that's awesome. And so... Summer camp is goofy. It's crazy. Grown men do some weird things. Uh, women are a little more reserved, but you can imagine that. But man, but, but the Lord, it's such a blessing because we get to go and we get to just worship the Lord for four, four or five straight days. And it's awesome. And so I do want to thank all of you who donated to camp and especially who prayed for us. Because, you know, like Thomas was saying, whenever you're serving the Lord, Satan's going to show up. And, and he certainly did. And we could feel your prayers, and we really value you guys' prayers and, and your support. And that it means the world to me. It meant the world to the 50 counselors that were there to know that our church was behind us 100%. And so now we're going to hear from one of the students that was at camp, Susan Thompson. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Susan. And I'm just up here to talk a little bit about church camp and a few things that the Lord taught me during that week. So I've gotten to go to church camp ever since I was in sixth grade, and it's something that I always look forward to. I find that it's a great place to unplug from the busyness of life and just focus on what the Lord has for me that week without any distractions. Um, I've learned uh, further steps I need to take in my walk with the Lord and areas of my life that I need to work on every year that I've gone. So after not getting to go to Camp Machindo last year because of COVID, I was really excited to get back there this year. And I mean, praise the Lord we did because, like Josh said, 
uh, several kids got saved, and one of the girls uh, that was in my cabin actually got saved, and she was so excited. And I mean, you all know how cool it is to see how the Lord works in people's lives, and it's just so obvious that he is at camp, and I mean, we all appreciate all your prayers. And um, from lost kids getting saved to save kids just continuing to grow, the Lord always comes through, and it's just such a wonderful time. And so the theme of this year's camp was legendary, and the messages were taught out of the book of Daniel, and um, Ben kind of went through what the story was about, but many of you may be familiar with it. But for those of you who don't know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, it's about uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, who he's an evil king, and he sends out this decree that everyone must bow to this idol, and those who don't will be thrown into a fiery furnace. Only three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had the courage to not bow because they decided they weren't going to worship anyone but the one true God. And so they were thrown into the fire as a result. Now, eventually, the Lord delivers the three men from the fire completely unharmed, which the king takes notice of. And he, in turn, promotes these three men to honor in the land, and God gets the glory for the miracle that he performed. Now, this story was related to our lives today and how Satan has set up this world system which he wants us to give into. One point that really stuck out to me was that Satan's goal isn't to, for us to worship him, but his goal is for us to give our focus and our worship to anything besides the Lord. And as long as we're putting anything, whether that's sports, work, school, hobbies, even things like family, money, all that stuff, um, anything we put in front of the Lord, uh, the devil has us right where he wants us to be. So there's a battle in the world for your worship. And this may come as a surprise, but the biggest thing we all tend to worship is ourselves, let's be honest. So in this day and age, it's all about me, what I think I need and want, what I deserve, and this is a very dangerous place to be. We all seek to have that instant gratification because everything is right at our fingertips. The world wants you to be your own God, and Satan is the God of this world, and this is just the system he's set up. It's really smooth and subtle, and we don't always recognize we're even doing it. But the Bible says that anything you put before the Lord is an idol, and that's sin. Actually, right now at Ignite, Josh is teaching a series on sin and how we all tend to accept it or justify it somehow. But the reality is, is that God hates sin, so we have to deal with it. And it all comes down to dying to yourself, your desires, your opinions, and living a life that's fully surrendered to the Lord. And this is a lot easier said than done. And it's not just uh, you get saved and then you walk in the spirit the rest of your life. I mean, I know me. I've walked in my flesh way more times than I care to count. And I have to choose every day, sometimes every hour or minute, who I'm going to worship and who I'm going to serve. Um, and I have to either choose to surrender to the Lord and uh, live in the Spirit, or, walk, or I can walk in my flesh. It's my choice, and it's your choice too. And that's why it's so important to be in God's Word every day and in prayer every morning so that you can be equipped for the day. And in order to stand up to this world system and not give in, you also have to make your faith your own. And you have to choose whether you're going to stand on God's word and on his promises. Otherwise, if you don't rely on the Lord and his strength, then you're not going to be able to stand through the hard times. The three men in this story were totally sure that God was the only one worth worshiping and that he had a plan. Now, they didn't know God's plan, and they didn't know that he was going to pull them through the fire. But they faithfully served him even through the hard times. And many people don't understand why God lets hard things happen to us. But the truth is, the Lord will allow hard times to occur in order to grow and refine us. And if we allow God to try and refine us, then our faith will be strengthened and he will be glorified, which is what we are really on this earth to do. So ultimately, God is worth living for and we need to take our focus off of ourselves and put them on him and put him first. 
And if we can do this, then we will be legendary in his eyes. And Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So what this verse is saying is that we need to take a stand for the Lord, and it surely won't be the popular opinion. And, I mean, this world isn't getting any better anytime soon, but God is faithful, and we can rest assured knowing that he is in control. Thank you. The Thompsons have been in our church family for a long time, and there's one thing you can say for sure about all the Thompson kids is that they're a tough act to follow. Uh, so, my apologies. But if if you don't know me, I'm Corey. I lead the the, the well, the college and young adult group here, um, and the well tries to get away once a year. We try to take a weekend and just go hang out in the woods somewhere. Uh, this year, we had our annual retreat in the middle of July at Camp Buckeye. Looked a little bit different than it did last year. Last year, we brought all the the middle school and high school kids with us since they didn't get to go to youth camp. Um, But this year, it was just us, and we had a a bunch of outdoor activities and games planned, but it rained the entire weekend we were there. Um, I think there was like a couple half-hour periods where it wasn't raining, but the ground was still swampy, and it stopped raining about an hour before we packed up to come home. Uh, So that was sad, but... We still had an awesome weekend together. Uh, We ate well, that was for sure. Mike and Carol Duvall, if you know them, they they got a crew together and prepared all our food, so we ate very well. Uh, That was amazing, and if I'm being honest, the food alone was was worth the trip um, and and was worth the rain. But in addition to the great food, we also got to listen to some great preaching. Jeff was kind enough to uh, join us for the weekend, and he preached some pretty hard-hitting stuff from Song of Solomon chapter 5, and we were reminded of how important it really is to make sure each of us continues to have an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, That's something, man, that's just easy for us to forget as we just go about our lives and stuff like that. Because Jesus is going places in this world. Oh yeah, I've got pictures up here behind me. I was like, that wasn't a funny thing I said. Uh, But but yeah, we we got pictures. But Jesus is going places in this world. He's seeing the gospel preached, people discipled, and and lives changed. But he wants to take us with him, and he wants us to do those things with him. He wants to use us. But he's not going to wait around for us. So there's some urgency to make sure we follow him as closely as we possibly can right now. So we learned a lot, uh, and several people made some critical decisions to continue pursuing the Lord uh, more fervently than they ever have before. And you'll be hearing from one of them in a bit. So even though it rained all weekend... We still had great fellowship together. The rain gave us some time to talk and just hang out. We played board games, card games, and stuff like that. Cody and I won the Euchre tournament pretty comfortably, so that was cool. Uh, thanks, Landon, for holding that for us. Um, but despite, the, despite that, we, we ate well, we had fun, and we were convicted and encouraged by the Word of God. And I'm not sure you could want much more from a weekend retreat uh, but you don't have to take my word for it. Zach, Tiber, you want to come on up and tell us what God did in your life? Good morning. Um, so Corey had asked me, again, I don't know why. They asked me to come up here, and they say I have seven minutes, and I'm going to go 15 minutes. So I'm sorry if you're hungry. It's just how it works. I don't know. 
Um, but no, Jeff, thank you for showing up and, and bringing the word the way you did. Um, Song of Solomon is very relatable to me in my personal life because it's a love story. And as a recently married man last year, it's, it's very easy for me to go into Song of Solomon and relate to it as far as how I'm supposed to treat my wife and how I'm supposed to love my wife. But the cool thing is, is we got a different perspective of how the Lord loves us and how the Lord pursues us and how we're supposed to reciprocate that, that pursuit in love of him. And so we're in Song of Solomon 5, and, and it talks about the Shulamite woman who is the love of Solomon's life. And, and so one of the first questions that we were asked is, why do we do the things we do for Christ? And it really hit me hard, and it took me back for a second because I'm a very fast-paced guy. I want to do as much as possible in a day, and then I want to go to sleep for four hours and wake up and do it again, right? And so it was raining, and it was very gloomy, and it, and it made me sit here and think, as Jeff was talking, why do I do the things I do for Christ? And he brought up a verse, Luke fourteen twenty six. It says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And so, you know, it doesn't say you can't follow the Lord. It doesn't say you can't live a good life, you know, as a good Christian. But it says you can't be his disciple. And so I realized the choice is mine. The choice is all mine. How, how much am I going to love the Lord? How motivated am I going to be to pursue after the Lord? And so I, I was caught up coming back from camp, and, and I'm talking to the Lord, and, and I realized my desire for the souls of men was lacking, right? And so I couldn't figure out where, where am I missing? Something's off in my relationship with the Lord. And so he went in and... and he described how to keep our interest in the Lord, right? And so we talked a little bit about prayer. We talked a little bit about the word, staying in the word. And, and we also talked about fellowship with fellow believers. And the way to lose interest in the Lord and how to become dissatisfied is self-preservation, um, self-righteousness, and self-serving. And so for the biggest takeaway for me that weekend was that my prayer life is just awful. And I realized that the battlefield for the souls of men is on your knees. It has to be in prayer. And I had to start taking that very, very serious, right? And the Lord led me to a passage in 1 Timothy 2 that weekend, and also following in the well as we're going through 1 Timothy. It's 1 Timothy 2, 1. It says, I exhort thee, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And so I need to take this in my life, into my personal walk with the Lord, and I need to start taking it serious and start praying for the souls of men and start praying for relationships to be built in my life that I can lead people to the Lord. And it was really interesting, and I'm sure it was an accident, of course, that we weren't able to play any sports outside. All weekend, we were with each other, fellowshipping indoors, face-to-face, you know, talking with each other and learning about people intimately and learning about their personal lives. And so it was just really interesting how the Lord worked all that together um, just for me personally. Um, and then, uh, so uh, the next day, um, we learned how to locate love. And, and so the first section was Song of Solomon 5, 1 through 3. And then the last section on day 2 was Song of Solomon 5, uh, 14 through 16. And so, um, if, if, if you, he, he, <laughs> he talked about, you know, how, how do you not fall into sin? 
you know, if I'm walking down a hall and I see a wet floor sign and I don't want to trip, I probably shouldn't go down that hall, right? And it's that simple. It's don't walk where it's slippery, right? And he brought that point to us, and, and it was very real for me, and it was very simple but very practical in my life. And so, you know, I need to avoid all contact and all desire for sin and all desire to feed my flesh as much as possible in order to walk as closely with the Lord. You know, we often get as close to the line as possible and see, well, is this too far? I don't know. You know, and you end up falling. It's like, well, that's foolish. You know, why not just walk the other direction with the Lord? You know, and so I just wanted to leave you guys with a verse that Jeff left us with. And I've been using it this past summer um, just as I've had to make some ministry decisions, some work decisions, some life changes with me and my wife. And um, it's Proverbs, Proverbs 16.3. It says, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. So I just encourage everybody today, commit your works unto the Lord, and your thoughts will be established with it. Um, That's all I had. So I guess Craig's coming up next. So thank you, guys. Thanks, buddy. Good job. Um, So this past summer in July, we had uh, our kids' Bible camp, and you guys got to hear a little bit about that. Uh, back when we wrapped that up uh, in July and we had the kids come and sing and all that. But um, just wanted to just share a little bit more with you. Again, you know, our goal for that was to replace our good news clubs. So those were, we got to go into the schools, have an after-school program. We'd have a lot of kids come from all different ba- backgrounds to join us for that. Uh, and last school year, we weren't able to do that, uh, like, like everything, because of COVID. And so uh, this year, our goal for our kids' Bible camp was uh, to reach out to those kids, reach out to the community and get them in. And so um, I think we were, we were successful in doing that. So we had 160 kids register for our kids' Bible camp. Of that 160, 60 of them uh, were guests. And so we had over a third of the kids that were with us who, who were guests. And so praise the Lord that he was able to, to work through a lot of you. A lot of you brought friends and family. So thank you for doing that, for caring about your kids enough to bring them um, that week. Uh, and so the last time I updated you, I was aware of three kids that had given their life to Christ. But since then, uh, I've heard of two more. So that brings us up to five salvations from our week of uh, Kids Bible Camp. So. We praise the Lord for that, for sure. And actually, I got an email from a, a, great, a grateful grandma from one of the girls that got saved. I, I want to share it with you. She said, good morning, Craig. Wanted to share awesome news with you. My granddaughter accepted Christ as her Savior last night. She talked to me about the wordless book, ABC, and God's love for us. So that's some of the stuff that we, we covered uh, throughout the week, the wordless book, the ABCs of salvation. Uh, thank you to all who invested in her last week during kids camp. I'm humbled and joyful beyond words. This is an answer to 10 years of prayer. I continue to pray for other children receive the gift of eternal life that we're fed at kids camp. And so, man, praise the Lord for, for working in the lives of our kids, of your families. We're so grateful uh, for everybody that made it happen because it wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for the nearly 90 volunteers that made our first Bible camp a success. So thank you so much for those of you that gave time that week, um, whether it was in preparation for it, whether you were serving during it, uh, or even cleaning up afterwards. A lot, of, a lot of time, a lot of effort went into that week from so many of you. And so I, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I want to thank you on behalf of uh, our kids that were there, their families, and First Baptist Church that you would care enough to, to make that investment in the lives of our kid. And, and so thank you so much for being a part of what God did that week. Uh, I know hey, that everyone. a lot... Of- 
I'm, uh, I'm really excited about this announcement. Um, opportunities around here to still continue to do ministry in spite of any pandemic or anything that's been going on. Um, and one of the, the most amazing happened last Saturday. It was uh, our all-city outreach, okay? We attempted to get the gospel to every home in New Philadelphia, um, either through track or through uh, the Jesus film. This Jesus film has been, um, it's been um, in 1,700 languages throughout the world. And, uh, you know, we had the opportunity to, to give this to every single home in New Philadelphia. And most of this material was provided by a ministry called uh, Christ for All People. Um, so we're appreciative of that. Uh, but this took a huge, a huge amount of, of volunteers, an army of volunteers. And uh, we had the well um, on, on an evening. They, they ended up... Um, stuffing about 5,000 of our door hangers. And then I asked for uh, volunteers on a Saturday morning to finish that, and we ended up with 70 more people showing up to finish um, the door hangers. But the incredible thing is, last Saturday, we had over 200 volunteers from First Baptist Church show up to hit the streets of New Philadelphia. And I just, I just think that is amazing. Um, thank you, really. Um, and I've heard a lot of people say, now what have the, the results been of this outreach? And I can't tell you that, uh, but what I can tell you is 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I have planted, Apollos is watered, but God is the one that gives the increase. So we are trusting the Lord uh, to, to really come through on this. Um, if you guys know, when you used to receive uh, DVDs, a lot of times they sit on a shelf and maybe even years later people end up watching those. So uh, that'll be an awesome uh, you know, testimony to see what God ends up doing through this. Um, I do believe that this was the, the single largest outreach event in our church's history. Um, and, and I will tell you this, um, we passed out 9,700 homes ended up with the gospel last Saturday. So, man, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. So let's continue to pray that God will give the increase and that he will get honor and glory through that. Well, we got a lot going on, don't we? Praise the Lord, seriously. Aren't you glad that you're a part of a church that even in these hard times that we live in and all the reasons why people are complaining and worried about how our society seems to be falling apart, we're focused on the thing that is the most important thing to be focused on. And uh, it is a, it's, a, it's a great place to be. If you're here and you're looking for a church home, this, this might be the church for you. I would highly recommend it. Um, but what I get to share with you today is a little bit about a couple of key events, big events that happened beyond the scope of our local borders here and in the world of missions as well. And so I'm excited to be able to share with you all for the next few minutes about something that maybe a lot of you aren't completely aware of because God's been working 
among some of our people in our church family that, that you may not be aware of, and I want you to be able to rejoice with us as well. And the first one I want to talk about uh, is the Hartley family. Ben and Carolyn Hartley and their kids, Colleen and Christian, have been with us here at First Baptist Church since 2017. And uh, when the Hartleys came to us in 2017, they, they previously were faithful members at Canton Baptist Temple, where Ben had been for 32 years of his life. And uh, Ben felt like God was working in his heart to eventually get a position as, as in the ministry full-time, vocationally, and that sort of a thing. Ben's a school teacher up in uh, Jackson Township. And uh, he, on his own, took it upon himself, went to Louisiana Baptist University, got a master's degree in theology, um, and he just wanted to prepare himself for the time when he thought God might be able to set him up in a situation like that. Ben and Carolyn came here already, again, solid Christians, well-versed in the scriptures, but immediately submitted to our system of biblical discipleship, and they went through MTT training. <coughs> Excuse me. They were a faithful part of the Bridge Life Group, and... Uh, they, they had made known to me and to our leaders that um, this was a desire. If, if the opportunity came to, to, to help some other churches, they wanted to do that. Well, about a year ago, um, the First Baptist Church of West Lafayette, about a half hour south of here, had called us, and they were having some troubles with their, um, their pastor was ill, and he was unable to, to continue to fill the pulpit for him, and they asked if we could help him out. And so a little over a year ago, we just sent some men down there just to preach for them on random Sundays to help them for several weeks. And so I think Todd and Brenton and Andy and some of these guys went down there and preached for them. And, and we covered a, enough time, and then they were okay, and then they, they, we didn't hear from them again for a while. But it then circled back around to March of this year, and they contacted Troy again, and they said that they needed more help. Only this time, sadly, their pastor... Um, that was serving had passed away, and not only did they need somebody just to fill in, but they needed a new pastor. Uh, that's something that they needed to fulfill ultimately. And they said, look, we're thankful for anybody that you can send that would just be willing to come and to preach, but really what we want to do is find a pastor. We're really not connected with any other group of churches, and you guys were good to us, and well, we just thought we'd ask and see you know, if you could help us in any way. And so what we did is we went ahead and contacted Ben and we asked him, we told him about the situation and we said, this is their need, this is their desire, would you be willing to go and basically preach every Sunday for a while and just see what God would do? And so Ben and Carolyn began to go down faithfully every Sunday since March um, and they stayed, they continued through Easter Sunday. And uh, lo and behold, the church loved them and they loved the church and God for sure was doing something. Now, if you knew anything about First Baptist Church down in West Lafayette, it's a small farming community, but the church at one time was quite large, and their building facility is beautiful. It's quite large, but the, the membership, through some troubles that they've had, has really decreased, and so they don't have a lot of people in the church currently, which means that they don't have a lot of income, which means that they can't afford to pay a pastor. And so the pastor that they're looking for for their church would have to be somebody who would be willing to be bivocational. He'd have to be willing to keep his day job and then in all of his spare time serve the church. And let me just tell you, that's a lot of work to ask for somebody. And there's few people who would be willing to say, yes, I'll do that because, well, the pastorate is a full-time job. And so basically to take on um, two full-time jobs. But uh, Ben and Carolyn prayerfully considered it. They had a vacation planned for June, and, and so they took three weeks away 
from the church, and, and some others went and filled in for him and, and just took the time so the church could pray whether they really felt like Ben was the right fit and Ben and Carolyn could really pray whether they were the right fit. And uh, ultimately, they came back from their vacation and they said, we believe God's doing this. And so, make a long story short, by the end of July, the church had official business meeting and they took a vote and they unanimously selected Ben to be the pastor of that church. And so it's an exciting time for the Hartley family. Actually, the kids are going to continue to be a part of our body here as well, so you'll see them around. But I do want you to just be aware of that and rejoice. If you didn't know the Hartleys personally, um, this is an opportunity for our church as well. We, we have proven, y'all, that we enjoy coming alongside and helping people with outreach, right? And so this could be a great opportunity for us on, on some you know, events that they put forward. Maybe they have picnic, outreach, city outreach events that we can go and lend manpower. It's only a half hour down the road. And we can help them uh, grow that church. So Ben asked that we would pray for their family for sure um, and that we would certainly pray for the church family that souls would be saved and be able to be uh, discipled as we go forward with that. But that's an exciting thing that happened just this summer. Uh, through the body of First Baptist Church. The other thing that I want to make you aware of, and I know a lot of you have been aware previously, is about Arion and Yonida Vogli. And uh, Arion and Yonida were with us, of course, back in our REACH Missions Conference back in March. And uh, their mission, their work is to focus full-time on translating the Bible into the Albanian language. And so it's a very exciting project. So many of you were so generous and donated. We raised a lot of money for them. But I want to be able to help you understand where we're at and what happened over the summer. Because this summer, the Vogleys packed up all their belongings and they moved their family permanently back to where they used to live many years ago. And that's in the Atlanta area, Atlanta, Georgia area. So with their kids, Emma and Ezra, um, they left the home that they've known for many, many years back in Albania. And they came to a new place. And they just arrived in July um, and they need to get settled. And it's a long story. I won't bother you with the details, but they really had a hard time. The, the housing market these days is hard if you're looking to buy or rent. In their situation, they're looking to rent and to rent a, a freestanding home big enough for their family and extended family is just hard to find in the Atlanta area. Things are being sold like crazy really quickly. Um, and so we prayed. Literally, it looked like it was not going to be possible they put in their application. They don't have an income history in America because they've just arrived. And uh, we just prayed, God, do a miracle. Find some Christian man who's willing to help them. I don't know what the situation might be. Uh, make a long story short, those of us who did pray know, uh, but they did find a house and they did get moved in and their kids are enrolled in a Christian school in the area they wanted. And their house happens to be like two minutes away from the Christian school. And if you've ever been to Atlanta, you know that's a miracle. And... Uh, and so um, Arion and Yonida are getting settled in their home, and, and their plan all along was this, and I say this because this is the most important thing. Their plan all along was is to get settled back in the States and begin the full-time work of translating the Scriptures in September. And so barring any hindrances, and thank the Lord, he's, he's paved the way so far, they're on schedule to begin their work early September. Now, the one thing that they do need, and I'd like for us to continue to pray about, we raised a bunch of money in a one-time fund to be able to help them, but really they need to continue to raise more money on a monthly basis so that that can be their full-time income so that they can focus full-time on this Bible translation because if that's not the case, and if you remember the presentation they gave, there is a real urgency to get the scriptures in this language. There are 
bad translations in the language, but they really need a faithful translation, and that's the work that, that they're putting into it. So they need to raise more money. They're going to be in a couple of missions conferences already, three actually, I think, in the month of September, and so hopefully those churches will help them out. Um, but there's a lot more work to fundraising if you remember the Horvaths and all that they had to go through to raise their money. So um, I want you to be aware and be praying about the fact that the first step in their, in their missionary work as they begin to sit down and do it first thing in September is they're going to literally be going through every single word in the English King James Bible and they're going to make a word-for-word -word appropriate translation into the Albanian language, which will be the basis from which then they take this new dictionary of terms to be able to plug into the actual scripture verses when they go through it. That's important for you Bible students that do word study cross-references. You want the consistency of the words to show up in the right location. It will also facilitate Bible dictionary, concordance, online application, and all that sort of thing. So they're going to be doing a lot of just heavy lifting at the beginning, word-for-word -word translation, and then once that's done, when they begin to actually take the text of the scripture on, it should actually go a lot quicker. So prayer requests, pray for the Vogley family. Their culture shock coming back to America, let me promise you, is no small thing. Uh, pray for their kids. And, and the, Emma is in high school and Ezra fifth grade, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? And uh, so they're, they're at a vulnerable age where, you know, no kid likes a lot of change. Be praying for them as well. Pray for their fundraising efforts. And let's just pray for God's protection and their wisdom because when you take on a project like this, let me tell you, you have spiritual enemies. But uh, thank you, First Baptist Church, for backing this project, and I wanted to keep you updated on what God was doing through the summer to position this so in just a couple of weeks they're running full-time. God bless. Well, I'm only going to take a second, but it's been a great morning. It's been a great morning celebrating everything that God did this summer and the souls that got saved and just the, the work he did in the lives of our church members and, and, and believers in him. And so uh, I'm, I'm, it's just so cool to see it. And it's grateful. I'm, I'm grateful personally for what God did in our midst this summer. And so I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about what we have in front of us. And so we hit the ground running. You know, this, the fall, everything comes back. You heard uh, the announcements this morning with life group and MTT and LFBI and our training hour. And so we're hitting the ground running. Next Sunday, we're going to start a new sermon series out of the book of Nehemiah uh, titled Building for the Future. And that's what, we're going to, that's what we're going to look to do. So I'm excited about what God has in front of us as well. But there's just one more thing I wanted to note that, that God did this summer. And it was kind of a big deal. Um, it's actually late spring. Um, we had a, a transition of, of the pastor here. Uh, and so uh, we transitioned from Jeff to me uh, in, in end of April. And that transition was smooth as could be, certainly at least from my perspective. And I'm so thankful for the Lord and, and for you guys and all that. But if you remember back to that time, it was a little bit of a weird time. That transition didn't go down exactly like we had planned because Jeff had a minor outpatient surgery <laughs> that turned in to something a little bit more. Uh, and he ended up spending a few weeks in the hospital and you know, we almost lost him a couple times. And so because of all that, and then when he comes back 
the summer takes off and and he's traveling on behalf of the church. And so what we didn't, and he doesn't know. He's like, he's kind of stewing inside right now. Um, (laughs) What we didn't get to do is we really didn't get to acknowledge Jeff and thank him. Uh, You know, he's still around and is going to be around for a long time uh, if the Lord tarries. And that's certainly our desire uh, serving with us. But we really didn't have an opportunity to thank him for the time that he spent. So I wanted personally, Jeff, do you mind coming up here? I, I wanted... I, mean, I wanted you to hear from me how grateful I am just for the smoothness of the transition because of you um, and, and the way you set everything up. And I wanted you to hear from the church how grateful for we are for, for your service as a senior pastor uh, for those 12 years. So I'm the 36th pastor of this church, 163 years. Jeff is the third longest tenured pastor in the history of this church. So what we had made, Jeff, you get the bronze. You can sit out. <laughs> so, like I said, you know, we, we had some different plans, and, and it, it just didn't, God didn't see fit for him to play out this way. Um, but we would have been negligent not to note that. And, and listen, I truly praise the Lord that, you know, usually when something like this happens, the, the senior, the, the older guy goes and he moves on and does something different. And we worked this transition uh, for a very specific purpose and because we're better together. And this church is better um, with him here and us together. And, and we, got, we got good plans for what God's going to do in the future. So thank you. We, we appreciate all your service. Let's go ahead and have the band come back up. We're going to close out in one uh, final song, and, and I hope you plan on sticking around. We'll, we'll have, after the song, we'll, we'll have uh, our final uh, dismissal instructions and, and um, get, get set for, for the picnic. But hopefully you can hang around with us, um, and, and we can fellowship together and close out this summer together right you know in that way but before we do that let's give God the the worship that he deserves so why don't you all stand and let's close out worshiping him together